This is your host, Shashank Shekhar, and welcome to another episode of Shashank Redemption. about something that a lot of us struggle with um, and I have struggled with, with myself and that's managing failures. I mean nobody wants a failure right nobody needs a failure maybe but this is something that happens to all of us and some of us really struggle to manage it. Uh, now before I get into managing failures I also wanted to clarify that managing failure and managing adversity are two different things or could be two different things. Uh, failure is something that you tried and it did not work. That's, that may be counted as a failure. Uh, however, adversity could be something that you were born into maybe or uh, you have some kind of physical or mental limitation uh, that is your adversity. Um, and so understand that because we, we try to sometimes use that interchangeably, how do you manage adversity or how do you manage failure? Uh, one could be caused by you while the other could have just happened to you and, and you probably did not do anything to cause it. So this episode specifically is about managing failure. Uh, we'll talk about managing adversity in one of the following episodes. Um, Rudyard Kipling once wrote, I have never made a mistake in my life that I could not explain away afterwards. And that rings so true. Uh, failure is just part of the creation process. The important thing is how we manage it. And I have really uh, figured out a, a four-step way, so to say, to manage failure. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode. And the very first thing about managing failure is you need to acknowledge failure wholeheartedly. Now, some of you are going why should we acknowledge failure? I mean, what good really comes out of acknowledging failure? There are three things that really comes out of, of, uh, of acknowledging failure. Now, the first thing is when we accept our mistake, we grasp the reality around the mistake. A false justification blurs this reality and drapes it in harmful make-believe. So don't be delusional. I mean, that's basically what it means is that you must accept it. You must accept what the reality around that mistake is. Otherwise, you're, you're really just living in a delusionary world where you're not telling yourself the truth. And the second thing about, uh, about accepting or acknowledging failure is that, especially as a leader, especially me as a CEO, when we show our vulnerability um, to our team and to other people around us, we exhibit our humanness. We don't want to always uh, look like superhumans just because we are, we are the CEO. We immediately become a receptacle they can trust to pour their shortcomings into. Uh, in other words, we instantly become more approachable, which for me is, is, a, is a huge part of my leadership is that I want to be seen as more approachable and not someone who is somehow higher uh, and better and bigger than everybody else in the team. And third thing when you acknowledge failure is that when we admit a mistake, we prevent the situation from a snowball, snowballing into something much bigger and less manageable. So um, the earlier we admit the mistake, we make a course correction, hopefully fix it, 
and not make it more catastrophic from there on. So that's the first thing about managing failure is you that is that you acknowledge failure wholeheartedly. Uh, the second thing uh, that has, again, this is part of my process of managing failure, is don't assign a fixed meaning to failure. Uh, meaning is not written in stone. I mean, the uh, thing about black and white um, and, and good and bad is is that right or wrong? Is that we? Those are absolute meanings. I mean, we know that there is so much more gray than black and white. So there may not even be such a thing as absolute absolute meanings, right? I mean, in most cases, just opinions, observations, interpretations, or perspectives. We can all agree that the world is dynamic. If we stop attaching fixed meanings to experiences we will be able to keep a better tab on our mistakes, failures, and accomplishments. An important accomplishments there is because even though this is an episode about failure, uh, it's important to understand that even to our accomplishments, uh, we should try and not attach abs absolute meanings to those. Now, let me tell you a story. And this may or may not be a story. This, this might just have happened, but I have no way of knowing. But there were two patients both were diagnosed with respiratory distress and their doctors recommended a thorough examination. Both the parents, of course, were nervous about their fates. Now, through a bizarre set of coincidences, their reports were swapped. So the first patient, who had a very minor bronchial inflammation, was informed that he had a stage one cancer. The second patient, who actually had cancer, mistakenly learned that he had just mild bronchitis. Now, the person with cancer, learning incorrectly that he had a mild respiratory problem, started recovering really well. He defeated the disease, at least in his mind, and went back to his merrymaking ways. Now, cancer being what it is, might have caught up with him, but we don't know about that. The other guy, suffering from nothing but an elementary bronchial infection, but thinking he had cancer, became really sad. He started withdrawing into a shell. He lost the battle in his head first. And then via a psychosomatic response of the body, began to exhibit worsening symptoms from inflammation. Now, this parable shows that we change according to the meaning we assign to situations, irrespective of what the actual truth is. And that's what I was saying is that things could be very different depending on what kind of meanings we are assigning to situations. Now, third thing, about managing failure is to be creative around failures. One of uh, Massimo Bottura's employees, and you, you must have heard of the, the famous uh, chef, um, dropped a dish and stained an expensive carpet. Now, Bottura, who some of you might know, is the owner of Michelin uh, three-star Michelin restaurant, Asteria Francescana, did not scold him or beat him to it, nor cut his pay. Instead, he created a new dish called, oops, I dropped the lemon tart. Now, this is an example of being impossibly creative around failure. Let's take another example. I mean, we, uh, we appreciate a great book, a classic movie or intelligent design. What is so common to them? It's because they're all finished products. Now, practically all of us enjoyed watching Finding Nemo, one of my favorite animation movies. But we did not ever imagine that in the draft stage, there were about 125,000 sketches, and most of them sucked. But we don't know about that. 
I was telling you about, let's take another example around being creative around failures. Now, Jackson Pollock is, took a 360 degree view of painting. He was the first guy to paint with his canvas on the floor. This way he could move around his painting, thereby gaining a 360 degree perspective when he was struggling to do this before. Now, sometimes for all we know, success may lie merely one degree beyond our angle of visibility. And that's why it's very important that we look at being creative around our failures. Can I, can I do something with this failure? Can I make it better? And, and that's being creative around failures. And finally, in the four-step process of managing failure is think of failure as one more plan that did not work. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work, said Thomas Edison. And he added, when I have eliminated all the ways that won't work, I'll find a way that works. Now, how cool is that? 10,000 ways, and he still kept going because he was not assigning a fixed meaning to failure. He was not, he was refusing to assign failure to his failures. He was assigning the meaning that it's one more plan that did not work. Now, why is WD-40 a handy lubricant that some of you might have used and rust protection solvent named so? It is because the finished product was created after 39 failed attempts. So that's why WD-40, because the 40th attempt was a successful one. Why should we believe success owes us anything? Because this is the thing about that, that we keep telling the story all the time is that, oh, we have worked so hard. We need to be successful. I mean, what's going on with my life? What else can I do? Why is it me that who keeps failing? This, this ego that we have, um, that everything is, is somehow somebody is out there trying to get, get me um, is because we believe success owes us something, like, like we deserve the, the, a different kind of treatment. Now, why should we think that immediate successes are right? Why can't we string together our failures positively and use them as a vestibule to reach success? For me, really, failure is just one more plan that did not work just like Thomas Edison said. And when one more plan becomes too many in numbers, something starts clicking and something beautiful emerges. So there you go, audience. Hopefully that gives you some perspective around managing failures, which tend to be one of the hardest tasks uh, as just being a human. And especially if you're in leadership position where You've probably gone through several uh, failures. And if you're an entrepreneur like me, maybe several more. But this is how I have managed failures. This is how I have figured out a four-step way, which helps me out in most cases. And I'm hoping it helps you too as well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Shashank Redemption with your host, Shashank Shekhar. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and review us. And check out shashankredemption.com to connect with me.